Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 153 of Internet Marketing. As usual, I'm joined by Kelvin Newman. And the show is brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Yes. And today, Kelvin, it is... Did a little drum roll. Oh, I can't wait. Beginner's Guide to Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> um, the, the plan is for the next three episodes, what I'm going to do is take... Three of the most popular social networks and do a real sort of quick crash course, answer some of the most common questions that people have about using um, those social networks. So um, if you're kind of a super duper experienced Twitter user, there perhaps might be one or two tools you can take away there. But it was quite conscious that we very frequently talk about, yeah, just kind of do some Facebook marketing. We very rarely break down in terms of the actual details. So today I'm going to be talking about Twitter and the next episode I'm going to be talking about Facebook and coming up we will finish off with LinkedIn there. So they're the three kind of main social networks I'm going to talk about. Now, before I start, it's kind of worth noting the overall um kind of strategy you need to have behind these things so don't just kind mm. of um you know you need a social strategy as much as kind of a means of using the tools and but i'll take that as a given that you kind of want to engage with your customers and all of that type you of know thing. i'm really glad that you're doing um you're because these are these are more of a sort of an overview of the best way of using them really aren't yeah they? yeah really so and I, I haven't heard one of those for ages for, for the three main ones you know twitter facebook and linkedin yeah so that's what i'm hoping really we'll be able to do there is kind of dive down in terms of some of the specific detail of how you would use twitter what i'm not going to talk about here is why you'd want to have a social media strategy sure, yeah. or um, what to do should you be using them for you know customer service or marketing or all those kind of more complex issues which i think tend to be more specific to individual organizations so i'll kind of stick to twitter for this episode um this feels like a bit of a brain dump yeah it's kind of headed in that direction i'll so, interject where yes, i can yes, kelvin no, no, and no, try no, and sound no, intelligent no. well i'll try and sound intelligent as well on that front your, your super <laughs> duper new microphones help on that front do i sound yes hope you like the new ready? sound folks better microphones ah so yes you can still hear the seagulls but that's brian you can't you can't get away from that um yeah because we keep a pet go on the office just so it kind of sounds like we're based down here but anyway um so yeah first question you should be asking yourself is should you be on twitter right um because i think far too frequently and we all will have been there we all have seen this where you kind of feel the urge you ought to be doing these things because everyone else is and um Mm. it's like i need to be on twitter because everyone's on twitter um i need to be on twitter because everyone who 
does marketing podcasts is talking about Twitter. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the best place for you to be on Twitter. And in fact, actually, sometimes the most intelligent decision in social media marketing is what not to do rather than what to do because um, your time is a finite resource and there's only certain things that you have the time and resource and capacity to deal with. So um, should you be on Twitter? Now, the questions I... um, think people should be asking themselves if if they're kind of trying to make that decision is first of all monitor the channel first so um you know maybe set up a trial account or a personal account before you kind of go full-blown and start to kind of use the site and see um are there kind of conversations taking place around your sector um then try and understand what your customers are saying about you so are these conversations already taking place now how would you go about doing that i'll go into a bit more detail in a minute but things like the search tool is a good place to start there as well now my third tip there when thinking about it is look at what your competitors are doing i've said you shouldn't go on twitter just because they are but if you're starting to head in that direction understand the different approaches that they're using on twitter because that might help inspire you and you know help you make that decision so are they using it to promote their content are they using it for customer services reasons are they using it to build relationships are they using it to pitch to journalists all these types of things and try and understand how they're using it because that might help you decide how you could use it as well um also don't be afraid to experiment as well i think one of the um common issues i've seen is that everyone will spend several days working on a super duper extensive twitter document coming up with a strategy and spending all this time kind of um you know thinking and strategizing and and all these types of things when actually if they'd spent that amount of time just experimenting and trying things out they probably would have learned a lot more and probably ended up with a better result there in the end as well Um, but having said that with kind of promoting and suggesting people experiment um, i do think before you kind of get too stuck in you should think about what your objectives are and what you want to get out of um, twitter particularly and try and set some goals so they can be goals connected to twitter so perhaps that's the kind of i want to get to a thousand followers say Um, they're not the best kind of goals i don't think really but they're a good place to start because they're easy to measure and they kind of give you a sense of momentum as you're making improvements towards them but actually you're better off more likely having um, goals that are of the kind of i want to get um 25% of my referring traffic to my site to be from twitter yeah more, more outcome goals than yeah. sort of followers goals yeah i mean and even yeah even the one i suggested there you know more traffic from twitter isn't really an outcome goal it should actually be should that be leading to less customer service inquiries or more sales mm. or, or those types of ones and i think that goes general generally really if you can set yourself a goal before starting to use these tools you tend to find that um, you might not always meet that goal, but you're more likely to make more progress than if you're kind of going without a direction to have a kind of finish line in mind. I always think and I've always found that that um, helps you achieve your, your goals much more successfully. Um, now, what I wanted to do, and this is kind of hopefully for people who have maybe heard of Twitter aren't quite sure how they could potentially be using it Um, i'm going to be talking about some data here the e-consultancy e-consultancy.com they did a survey um, not so long ago um, and they asked organizations you know they're at their e-consultancy is a website aimed at digital marketers Um, and if you've not seen it before well worth checking out e-consultancy.com but they did a survey of their readers and asked them how do you does your organization use twitter um, and I think by understanding what these, the ways that other people have been using it, if you are a little bit sceptical, which I imagine some people listening are, um, you know, you can understand some of those reasons. So 72% of the people that responded said it was to publicise new content. And that's the way that I think most people te- 
tend to see Twitter being used. So it's that's, sh- that's the way I use it. Yeah. So is it to share a new podcast you've produced or share a um, a new blog post you've written, a new white paper, a new email, a new product, you know, that type of thing. Um, 68% used it as a marketing channel. Now, I think that's kind of a, you know, in terms of when they were putting together the survey, that's kind of quite a wide sector. But I suppose that's about generating leads, generating inquiries and generating sales. So, um and, you know, as we were talking about their good objectives to measure in 68% of people that are using Twitter um, for their organization, that's one of their main goals. So they're the main two. They make up the big chunk. It's publicizing content and mm. marketing channels. The next big section, um, which got 55%, was brand monitoring. So it's seeing what people are saying about your um, your organization already. Now, um, I know we get listeners from huge organizations. I know we get um, listeners from tiny companies and one-man bands. Um the size and number of customers you've got is going to have an impact on how many people are having conversations about you online. But don't think just because you're not a, you know, a large organization that people aren't talking about you on social networks. So that's a kind of a very good reason to be using Twitter to see what people are saying about you and potentially respond to them as well. Um, and that kind of follows in a little bit into the next suggestion, which 37% of people came up with, which was gathering customer feedback. So customer service and the like there as well. Um, I, also, I think it's um, worth you know thinking about here um, that you can also kind of do some market research off the back of that as well, which actually comes in says so like twenty three percent of um, the organisations is using it for market research, which I think is mm. interesting. So you're seeing which of your products are your competitors talking about, or what concerns do um, potential customers of yours have? So say for example, you're a wedding photographer and you go on Twitter and see. Lots of people are asking a particular question about can you get digital copies of your images when you get married? Then you then know as a you know a wedding photographer that actually maybe that's something you should be talking about on your website or it's a service you can add in, you know that type of thing. So you're finding the hot topics effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're kind of looking at the common objection, you know. So kind of going into the world of sales, a big thing about sales is knowing what the objections are to your um, your product or service and having a good response for them already prepared. And Twitter can be a great way of doing that. Um, so in between gathering customer feedback and market intelligence, there was 35% of people that was reacting to customer services issues and inquiries. So kind of similar topic there as well. So if you look at customer feedback and customer service, that's a big chunk of what you've got there as well. And I think um, how you go about doing that is complicated. There's, I've seen quite a lot of customer service Twitter accounts that are just a please ring our customer service helpline. Um, now, I don't think that's effective, but you know that's, um, you know, kind of part of as well Mm. um so just to round off some of the other ones that got less than sort of 21 percent sales channel um help product development and innovation hr which is an interesting one as well human resources yeah and then the others were none of the above or others so does that add up to more than 100 percent yes because potentially (laughs) overlap yeah yeah there's overlap so i could publicize new content and marketing channels so yeah i think it's probably about i was trying to keep a tally and i was thinking i'd suddenly become very bad at maths no 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 but it's yeah i think it's probably yeah well over a couple hundred percent there but that's that's the kind of idea there so that's some of the ways that people are using it so if you've been a bit skeptical you're not sure about um why you should be using twitter the ways which other people are using it is to publicize content to market their service to monitor what people are saying about them and to learn about their customers. So all very valid reasons to use the service, I think. Um, now, a kind of a follow-on from um, that survey and that data. Um, 
they also kind of asked some for the punters, so the people who are on the other side. They did a survey related to that e-consultancy. Um, and this is part of their Twitter for Business report. And they found that over half of consumers, 52%, now follow brands and companies on Twitter. So I think that's really important to note because a lot of people are sometimes a bit sceptical that on you know social media networks is like yeah that's brilliant but i don't want to follow any companies why would anyone want to follow any companies they just use these tools to talk to their friends or follow celebrities well over 50 percent only a little bit over 50 percent 52 percent but are following brands and companies and listening to their messages that that, that they're sharing so showing that there's kind of clearly quite a lot of potential there as well Mm. um and another really significant percentage of um, people, 47% of the consumers, reported that they were using their channel to keep informed of latest offers and discounts. Now, if people are using it to keep aware of your company discounts, so if you're an online retailer, I think is probably the best example of this, mm. and you're doing a 10% off or a free delivery, um, 40% of people are using Twitter as a means of getting that information, more so perhaps even than email now. Um, so... That's interesting, particularly if what you're using Twitter for is that to generate sales. So if people want to hear about discounts or offers, they want to hear that, you can provide them. They're the people who are going to convert into sales there as well. So, you know, that's one of the main reasons that people would follow a company. Um, A little bit less popular is um, to keep up to date with the latest news from a brand, Mm. which I think is interesting there. So if you kind of go back a step to where we were looking at why companies are using it, most of them are using it to share their content. But that's not the main reason people follow companies. They follow companies for the discounts and offers. So mm. kind of a bit of an imbalance. That's a real eye-opener, actually. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of worth thinking about. If you're just using it for your news um, and actually people that want it for yeah discounts and sales is perhaps one. And I think that's worth interesting to think about across all the social networks is that discounts are a big part of the following, uh, following friendship and all the liking that you get on social networks as well. Um and finally, yeah, 32% are just simply fans of the company, which I think is kind of quite reve- you know, revealing that you kind of there are people who just want to know what you're up to and don't mm. really care what it is, which is you know, pleasing as well. Um, so they then asked people if they'd actually given feedback um, to a, an organisation um, through Twitter. So they'd made a customer service complaint mm. or praised them on something or just yes. kind of, you know, you know, responded to you. Um, and two thirds had received a response from the brand, so 66%, um, but a third hadn't. Mm. Which, on the one hand, is sad because it's a missed opportunity, but also I think it's quite pleasing that people are, you know, companies uh, are being successful enough that they are responding, that they are did, monitoring. Did you say that's making complaints to, to, to brands? Of or? the people who had made a comment about a brand. Right, so it's right. not 66% of people had made a complaint. Mm. It was more sort of of the people who had complained, 66% got a response. Oh, I see, I see. Um, so yeah, yeah, kind of important to make the distinction between the two there, um, which is kind of, yeah, like I say, on the one hand, really impressive that these brands are that aware of what's going on that they're responding to it, but also there's a 34% of these people who uh, have made a customer service feedback or given feedback, sorry, not necessarily customer service feedback, got no response whatsoever. And presumably um, those people, rather than just kind of in general making, you know, 
moaning about the trains. They I, actually I bet I can guess why they didn't get a response. Yeah. Because the people weren't monitoring it properly. Yeah. You've got to have something set up, like a, an email alert or something, I think. Yeah. Or someone's constantly looking at it. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, but yeah, so you're entirely right. That's why they will have been missed. Mm. Um, but I'm kind of quite impressed that 66% are monitoring it properly. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So yeah, next sort of step really. Who are Twitter's users? Um, and I think it's important to try and understand who the people are who use Twitter. Twitter's perhaps got a slightly different reputation as being a little bit more geeky than like Facebook or LinkedIn is. Um, so, you know, survey from just over a year ago found that 48% of the users are men and 52% women, which perhaps might be a little bit surprising, that the, mm. the, even though the split's only ever so slightly in one direction. Um, they found a slightly different number that 25% of people follow a brand. So that's worth noting um, that there is a distinction. They were saying 50% of people and 25% of people. Um, 60% of them are located outside the US as well. So I know we get a lot of listeners from all over the world and some of them might be a kind of, yeah, Twitter's great, but it's only used by Americans. Mm. That's simply not the case um, there as well. Really important stat that they found is 37% log in via a mobile device, right? Um, so that's not the majority, but a significant proportion of the people who use Twitter are using Twitter via their mobile. Now, what does that mean? Well, what that means is that if you're doing what most companies are doing, if we go back a couple of steps, which is sharing their content, sharing their news, um, and 37% of the people are um, using mobile phone, how does your website look on a mobile phone? Mm. Most websites, particularly like content, so like blogs on websites, look absolutely terrible on mobile phones, are really difficult to read. Um, so that's something you really need to be thinking about. If you're doing a, um, if you're, you know, rolling out a Twitter marketing strategy to promote your content, to promote things that you're sharing. Um, have you got a flash video on your site? And then, you know, mm. Apple users can't use it. Have you got a, um, a, this was a great one actually I used today. It was a, 
Fair play to the, I won't name in shame, but the organisation had a mobile website, which is, you know, great step, you know, so it looked pretty good. Um, so they formed a narrow kind of, um, what kind of, um, what's the word? You know, iPhone shaped. Yes, yeah, so a page website. format, yeah, suitable page for mobile. Yeah, suitable for mobiles, mm. which is brilliant. So I was scrolling down, it had big buttons, and then they had a map. So it was for a course, right? Mm. And they had a map of where it was. Then when you got to the map, and you then scrolled again with your finger, you were within the Google map at that point, so the map moved. Um, so I kind of had to find the, like, two-pixel, well, three or four-pixel gap round the map to kind of get past it rather than just keep moving through the map. So, um, yeah, just yeah, so you were sliding on the map. Yeah, your finger yeah, was yeah. sliding on the map, yes. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, beyond the, the point there, which is not all mobile sites actually work that well on mobile, you should be thinking about it. And things to think about with mobile websites, um, something I've been looking into a lot recently, is the idea of responsive um, web design. So that's where you have one um, one layer. So rather than having a mobile website like m.domain.com mm. that you redirect mobile users to, you in fact just set your CSS up in such a way that um, it works on different... Um, so the same design mm. works on different screen resolutions. So if people are interested in this, go to the brightonseo.com website. Um, if you're on your desktop and just narrow, you know, pull the window and make it smaller and it'll eventually change to an iPad format and then to a mobile phone format. What, just dynamically? Dynamically. Like wow. Um, so I'll show you that later, Andy. You might find that quite interesting. Yeah. But people do check that out as well or check it on your mobile, check it on your tablet and then check it on your desktop and you'll see that that's that's not different mobile versions of the site. That's just the CSS being responsively designed. And that's all to do with you, rather than making things 500 pixels wide, you make it 75% mm. wide. So. Mm. so have a look into that. We'll probably do an episode on that in um, in future, actually. And also, for, for WordPress users, there are, there's at least one plugin yeah. that will make your site mobile compatible. Sounds like a bit of a big ask, but apparently it does work. Yeah, I mean, they're quite... I mean, the one thing I will say is about some of those WordPress um, plugins, there's one like WP Touch, I think, which is probably was, the most famous I think famous that's one I was thinking of, yeah. Um, which really good because they can instantly in a matter of minutes make your um, website mobile friendly but it, what it does then do is make your website look like every other mobile phone website which mm. is good but you know it's kind of weighing up yeah. the options on that side of things um, yeah so a big chunk of Twitter users are using mobile devices so if you're doing a Twitter campaign you've got to have a you've got to be pointing people towards content that they can use on their mobile phone and finally 52% of the users are updating their status every day so Twitter is this addictive um, website that people use very, very frequently. So you can't, unfortunately, um, in the way you perhaps can with Facebook and LinkedIn, just you update it once or twice a week. Um, it's more of that kind of, you've got to be doing it multiple times a day mm. to get the real value from it. Um, so what should you be tweeting? Now that will vary from, you know, completely depend on what the type of business that you are. Um, but... Um, various studies have found that the highest click-through rate on tweeted links occurs between 2 and 3 p.m. So if you Local want, time, presumably. Local time, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so if you want to share something, that's a good time to do it. Um, it's also worth noting that probably because it is the best time to share it, a lot of people will also be doing the same, but, you know, bear that in mind. Um, and in terms of days of the week, um, Thursday, Saturday and Sunday have the highest click-through rates. Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, and that's deceptive, right? Because most people would, you know, and this is true, Twitter gets the most use during working hours, but in terms of people responding, um, to, you know, to your calls to action, 
Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday work well. Now, my, I'm surprised it isn't Friday. Well, I, I think so as well, but I think that probably is that Friday is probably kind of pulled out because of the additional usage. Mm. If you see what I mean? So mm. click-through rate is kind of, re- you know, people probably click on a lot of links on the Friday, mm. but there's also a lot more tweets. Yeah, so yes. there's a lot more so tweets. So the percentage yeah. might actually be yeah. down slightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'll come to in a second, actually. But yeah, and so it's interesting the weekend there. So even though you might not be in the office or working on your campaign, Saturday and Sunday can be a really good time to be using your Twitter account. Um, and why is that? That's because there's less tweets going on. So actually, the problem often is is that your tweet drops de- because the same people are following so many people. If your tweet is more than five ten minutes old, it's already dead. Whereas the weekend, you kind of get a lot longer life mm. on a tweet there. Okay. So. Um, also, and this is I think really interesting as well: the more links you tweet, the less likely people are to click those links. So you can use your Twitter account too much. Um, so, so if you keep, if you, if you like to sort of start spamming, if you like like every ten mi- minutes or every hour, you keep pushing the same link out. Yeah, and I think even just links generally. So if all you ever tweet is links oh, to I your see. content, or yeah. even just links to other people's content, mm. um, people are less likely to link than if one in three of your um, tweets is a link. Okay. So consider that um, when you're you know setting up your Twitter account as well, um, and also tweets that include links are far more likely to be retweeted, so shared on with their followers, than those without links. Okay. Um, which is just kind of a general trend there as well. Um, but this ties back to what Andy's saying here as well. Um, you know, when we're talking about expectations of when people were going to click links through. The actual period when people are most likely to retweet, so share content, is on a Friday at 4pm on their local time. Um, and also Monday afternoons tend to do quite well as well. So... I think that's probably a part of it there that on Friday people are less likely to click through but they're more likely to share. So, and this will vary and be different for everyone but hopefully some ideas there to think about as well. So, if you want people to um, click on your links, try and do it between 2 and 3 p.m. Consider going Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. Don't only share links because people don't click them as frequently Um, and if you want things to be reshared, Friday can be a good time to do that particularly in the afternoon. Kelvin, I have a question. Yes. It's a good question. Yeah. I think it's a good question. Um, Okay, so we talked about business people using Twitter for sort of gathering feedback, etc. Yes. uh, Amongst other things. What about if you're quite a small company, maybe it's only you or maybe you and one or two other people. Do you think it's a good idea to separate kind of like personal opinion type tweets from businessy type tweets? See, I've heard this, and there seem to be two schools of thought that keep coming across. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the fact that there's two schools of thought, you know, suggests that there's no definitive right answer to it mm. as the first one. Um, and I got asked exactly this question at Christmas by a friend of the family, you know, a, kind of a relative um, who kind of had a similar question, well, should I have a personal account? Should I have a work account? Yeah. Um, my opinion would be is if you genuinely, hand on heart, bel- completely believe that you can maintain two separate accounts... Um, which are fully maintained, have their own personality, have their own followers, and you're not going to cross-post content between the two because that's all you can think to write, then go for two separate accounts. But if you can't, and you're a real person, you've only got a limited amount of time to be doing these types of things, one account can be a lot better. Mm. So it's better to have one amazingly maintained account than two averagely maintained accounts. Um What's more difficult is if you can maintain those two, what do you then do? 
I'm a big fan of kind of personal people having their own personal profile. So I don't have an account for Brighton SEO or for the Internet Marketing Podcast. Mm. I just have a personal one. But equally, we do have a site visibility account because there's things that, um, you know, my followers wouldn't be interested in or, you know, there's kind of more professional sure. stuff that they would want to share. And who's like that a, maintained by? Just a group of you? There's a group, yeah. I mean, there's account. a group of people involved, but we do have a specific kind of responsibility with certain people, which okay. I think is important to do if you're kind of going down that kind of group involvement because I've seen a lot of eight people responsible, no one doing anything. That's what you've got to avoid. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, to kind of finish off now, um, just the one tool that I really recommend um, if, you've, if you're thinking about setting up a Twitter campaign is to use Hootsuite. Um, it's really good for scheduling. It's really mm. good for monitoring. It's really good for using as a general um, tool. But what I would say is there's thousands of Twitter tools out there. We've done previous episodes on them here and we've done videos on the you know the premium podcast as well. Um, but don't worry about them. You can spend hours and hours using the tools and they might save you a bit of time. Mm. But what you'll probably find is you'll spend two hours researching it and then it won't save you two hours time. So, you know, I would just say... Start with, get the Twitter app for your mobile phone, get Hootsuite for your desktop, and get stuck in. Do you prefer Hootsuite to just the, the normal Twitter I use, I use, I use TweetDeck, mm. um, like, personally, for, like, my own use, mm. and I don't manage too many kind of additional campaigns, but the guys in the in the company who do, um, you know, swear by Hootsuite. Sure, yeah. I must go back to it, actually, because I've, I've got a Hootsuite account, but uh, for some bizarre reason, I stopped using it. I don't know why. I just went back to the normal Twitter website. Well, it's got the Twitter website itself has got a lot better, which helps, mm. um, helps you know, make it that much easier to use. But the thing about Hootsuite is that you can watch, you can actually have several windows open, can't you? You can sort of search for certain things. Yeah, so you, could, yeah, you could see who's talking about, um, so say, I don't know, I'm a coffee shop in Brighton. I can see who's talking about coffee, mm. in, who, you know, uses the word coffee and Brighton in a tweet at the same point in time and see all those people who have said that. Or I can say, okay, well, I can set up a stream just of all the other coffee shops in Brighton yeah. and see what they're saying as well. You know, it's really, really powerful. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that's a real sort of good crash course in Twitter. Um, so, yeah, think about the times you're tweeting because certain days of the week are going to have much better results than other days of the week and test that and certain times of the day are going to have um, better success than others um, think about who the users of Twitter are it's you know more diverse than perhaps you realise and a lot of them are on mobile phones so therefore you need a mobile phone website um, also people are following brands on Twitter but the reason they're following them is mainly about offers and discounts rather than necessarily news about your company so consider mm. that when you're putting your content together and finally before you even go too crazy on Twitter, really ask yourself the question, should you be on Twitter? Because the answer might be no. A lot to think about, Kelvin, but good information. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. So that wraps it up for uh, episode 153. Thank you very much for listening. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website 
And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.